Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, IndustryGreetings.com, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Hello, folks. Welcome to edition, another edition, another special edition, and one of my favorite editions so far, of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. I hope you're having a great Saturday out there, wherever you are. Um, this show is going to be a little bit different than our basic, you know, tactics and guns and all the other fun stuff in life. Uh, this show is is probably going to be a little bit deeper than, well, it's obviously deeper than my level, but I'm going to try and pick up the show quality for the listeners out there. So I have a very special guest. Her name is Maylee Chapman. Maylee, if you aren't familiar with her story, back in 2019 is a survivor of a horrific terrorist attack, and she's gone on to conquer things since then. So we're going to go through all of her story. It's, it's an amazing story. Lots of different elements came to play. Uh, obviously she's here on the show. So uh, spoiler alert, right? She, she made it through there, which is, we're all happy to see, but uh, let me welcome her to the show. May Lee, how are you? I'm doing well, hanging in there, busy. How are you? I'm glad you're busy. Uh, we're, well, me, I'm doing nothing. We're just hanging out on a Saturday and just, uh, I'm bored. So no. do I do shows because I'm bored, but on uh, I can <laughs> your, your website, people want to get a hold of you, Maylee Chapin, M-A-Y-L-I-C-H-A-P-I-N.com. Best way to. M-E-M-E-Y-L-I, but it's pronounced like an A. <laughs> you know, folks, I wrote that down so I would pronounce it correctly, but it is M-E-Y-L-I, M-E-Y-L-I. I, I knew I was going to screw it up. I, I knew it. I, did, I do it every time. So you, you have reached the pinnacle of all my guests whose names I have destroyed. <laughs> anyway, M-E-Y-L-I, Chapin, C-H-A-P-I-N, dot, I spelled the dot right, com, C-O-M. Um <clears throat> Tell us a little bit about your background, right? Just an all-American girl growing up in Ohio. What you got? I guess you could call me that. Um, I I think quintessentially, probably at the most core level, I'm a nerd. I would say that's the theme that's cut through my whole life. Um, I really love to learn. I really love to read. I've always loved to read. When I was a kid, uh, my punishment would be to take my books away and make me go play outside. Uh, so... I've just always loved, loved books, love learning, love to sort of uh, experience new worlds that way, I guess, if that makes sense. And Favorite authors? Uh, growing up, gosh, I love everyone. People always ask me that. Um, I, love I think for a long time, my favorite book was The Count of Monte Cristo when I was growing up. So I loved adventure. Um, 
and but I, I've read just about everything. I love poetry as well, fiction, nonfiction, historical fiction. I'll read it all. <laughs> okay, so obviously, uh, as you say, nerd slash student. So college was. Yeah, I, I went to Stanford uh, when I graduated high school, which was wild because I grew up in a small town in Ohio, um, the same town my dad spent his whole life in. And so it was the first time that I moved away and did something really different and met a lot of really different people um, who had really different lives than me. And it was a really special experience. Plus, you can't really beat California. <laughs> well, especially Palo Alto, Atherton. I mean, crying out loud, it's some of the prettiest places on earth. Uh, yeah. If you have the money to live there. It's a, it's a really yes. great place. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great, great place to be as a college student. They, Stanford housed me so that I could be in such a beautiful area. That's even better. So you studied, obviously, technology. Is that was your... What was I didn't, yeah, I didn't always think that. Um, I studied public policy, which is uh, very similar to the economics major, but with more of an applied focus. So here's how we can apply econ to try to alter um, public policy in the U.S., which is not at all what I've done professionally, but it was a very interesting major. Okay. And then, so out of college, you got your job at? I went to Bain Consulting after after Stanford, um, that's which is like where you get to be a nerd and get paid to be a nerd. So that was fun. <laughs> so, and that they're still doing investment management, right? Bain? Yeah, yeah they do. Uh, the Bain and Company, which is who I worked for, does uh, consulting for corporations. Yeah, Mitt Romney's old company. We're, we won't bring that up. Um, in case you didn't know that. Anyway, so you're doing consulting there, but eventually you ended up with an overseas gig with Google. Yeah, um, I was hired uh, by Google headquarters in Mountain View, California. So I uh, spent my time with them initially, but I did travel a lot um, for all of my roles at Google, really. Um, so I was, gosh, I was in and out of Asia and Europe fairly regularly for different roles because a lot of what I was doing for Google uh, was research-based. And so I love to sit down with actual end users and, and ask them how they think about technology and how they use it and interface with it and feel about it. So you actually would fly to these different countries just to, to talk to end users of Google. Yeah, yeah. It, that's what happens when you work for such a global company. And I think that sometimes um, we make the mistake in the U.S. assuming that everyone thinks the way that we do. Oh, and right. so sometimes we would have issues. We'd put out a product and it wouldn't really get any traction in certain countries. And we had trouble figuring out why, you know, it's really popular in the U S why isn't it getting traction in these other places. And so, um, which, which of that, I, you know, in, in business school, the, the quintessential example was the Chevy Nova, right? Yes. Never yeah. sold in South America. Interesting. <laughs> Says no go. Yeah. So, so you were going out to find out why local users weren't using Google more. Sometimes, or or how they felt about it, or if there were um, burgeoning negative feelings, things like that. What were the negative feelings about Google, the overlords? <laughs> yeah, it was tricky. So that was really something that we were seeing in the U.S., and we wanted to know if that was being replicated in other countries. So um, people were starting to have this just really negative attachment to their devices. They felt addicted to them, like they couldn't get off of them even if they wanted to, and so that was starting to combine into this negative feeling. I think about technology generally, we know, we saw it about Facebook, about Google, about Twitter, about mobile games. Um, so it was this big push in the US all at once that we wanted to know if other countries were feeling. And this was actually pre-pandemic, right? 
that was pre-pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my time at Google actually ultimately ended just before the pandemic. So, Okay. So you're in um, Kenya, right? Mm -hmm. um, typically one of the more stable countries in Africa. Um, sure. Of course, that's a sliding scale. So one of the more, you know, and honestly, I've, I've really never seen anything good come from Kenya, but we'll just leave that there. Um, these are the jokes, folks. You got to You got to stick with me here. So you're in Kenya. Um, Google sends you there. Now, there's companies like Global Rescue uh, that do security services for executives. I mean, I, I use Global Rescue when I travel for medical evac or, or if I'm going someplace that's maybe not stable, like, I don't know, Sonora, Mexico. I want to make sure I have a, an exit route. Google did all this in-house, correct? Yes. So tell us a little bit about the background of if you're setting up to do an international trip in a place that may or may not be stable, what kind of preparation do they do? So the thing about uh, Nairobi specifically at that time, as you mentioned, um, I know it is a sliding scale, but it was classified internally as low risk at that time. Um, Google has a has an office in Nairobi, Kenya, and um, it yeah, it just wasn't considered to be one of the mid or high level risk countries at that time. So really, there was not much of a process that that was initiated. Um, I had you been to other countries that weighed higher on the scale of. Uh... Yeah, I don't know about risk level, but I had been to China and we received a briefing for that about, you know, how to comport ourselves and make sure that, that we were complying with local laws and regulations. Um, so I was, I did just wanted say, to short, you know, Did they say don't bring any marijuana to Russia? Was that on the list at all? <laughs> I never went to Russia with Google, so I can't say for sure. Um, but, but generally, you know, they had good recommendations for wherever we were going. And so... I wasn't sure how to think about Nairobi and, and how to, you know, decide for myself whether it was your safe first, or not. Your first trip to Africa? That was, yeah, my first trip to Africa. Um, has it been your last trip to Africa? It has. It has been my last trip to Africa. Um, you know, you, you got to listen the first time. I, I don't feel like <laughs> I'm not, I don't have the best luck there. So, um, but so I reached out to them and asked them if there was anything that I needed to know. And they provided me a short briefing document um, that said, you know, biggest risk to Google employees there is like petty theft or traffic accidents and uh, keep your wits about you. Don't walk down dark alleys by yourself at night. And um, and then they did advise me to switch my hotel reservation. So I had booked the Kempinski and they um, said that the uh, Deuce D2 had better security, more setback from the road. And so I did switch my hotel reservation. So you ended up in the, in the, uh, in the wrong hotel on the recommendations of security. Well, you know, 50-50. Folks, this is Philip Neiman. <laughs> I'm here with Maylee Chapman at M-E-Y-L-I-C-H-A-P-I-N.com is how you get a hold of her. She's written a book called Terrorist Attack Girl. We're going to talk more about that when we come back right after this. Springtime is just around the corner. Soon, it'll be time to get back outdoors and soak up a little sun. And we need it. So why not enjoy the outdoors with the things you love in the field or the range, in the lake, or even in the stream? It's a great time now to get stocked up with the gear you need. Turner's Outdoorsman is California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971. And it even has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. 
We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit Turner's.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and member specials sent directly to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman's, savings you deserve on the gear you need. It's definitely expensive to advertise for your business, but not advertising is more costly to your bottom line, especially in this current economic climate. While we all know that sending Christmas cards to family and friends is an American tradition, we forget to extend that tradition to our customers and business associates. So show your appreciation for customer loyalty and remind clients that you and your company are still ready for their business. But don't just send any card. To take advantage of the marketing opportunity that you're looking for, your cards need to stand out. IndustryGreetings.com specializes in industry-specific Christmas cards. Whether you're an accountant, contractor, realtor, welder, or anything in between, our creative and exclusive card designs are the perfect fit. So head over to IndustryGreetings.com and search by your industry. Or check out our patriotic or religious Christmas cards and order today. That's IndustryGreetings.com or call them at 800-431-9161. IndustryGreetings.com, 800-431-9161. I use them, so should you. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, welcome back to Boomstick Radio. Philip Naiman here. Get our podcasts at firinglineradio.com. Firinglineradio.com. Actually, we just redid the website. So on our vendors page, we have their discount codes right next to their links. And I don't know why it took me 10 years to do that, but it's there now. So we're here to help, uh, here to save you a lot of money, cutting edge, all, all the great companies at uh, CCW Safe that sponsor us. They have great discount codes. You save money with them. They support the show. And then it can have fantastic guests like Maylee Chapin on. So Maylee, we're coming back to, to reset the story here. For those of you just tuning in, Google employee Young American gal, first trip to Africa, security force says, for, who work for Google, and I'm sure that these are guys who have been in the field a while, they come in and they say, look, this is a better hotel to stay at, it's more of a plaza, you're off the street, um, less chance of car bombs or bad things happening, so stay over here at this, this other, the D2 hotel, and that's where you are. How long had you been in Africa before this all happened? Uh, barely any time. My whole itinerary for Nairobi was only two and a half days. So I had just gotten there. It takes two and a half days to fly there. <laughs> oh, I was coming from India. I was coming from Mumbai. So it takes two shorter. days to fly to India. <laughs> it does take a long time to fly to India. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to India. Um, uh, so you're, you're there for some small meetings. You get into town about three o'clock in the afternoon, right? Yeah. I was, so it was my second day there. I had Jet lag, got up at something like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., went to the gym, did some interviews, and then was back in the hotel by, by 3 p.m. Okay. And, and roughly 3 p.m., what happened? Yeah, I, uh, it's so funny because I was not supposed to be there, actually. I, I missed some interviews that afternoon, um, and traffic was so bad that I said, don't worry about it. I'll just uh, grab a nap, which I did not. Um, I, I went up to my room and I sort of packed my things. I was supposed to head out the next day. And, um, as I, as I crawled into my bed to take a nap, um, 
I, I, I never have been able to find words for this. The complex exploded. There was an explosion so loud that my ears were ringing and it was so close that I was screaming just instinctually. Um, so I wasn't sure at the time what had happened, but I know now that the suicide bomber had detonated in the courtyard. So four, four terrorists, Islamic terrorists from Somalia, entered Kenya. They did not apply for firearm permits, which is the Kenyan law. They did not, they brought tons of hand grenades, AK-47s. There was five of them or six, six of them. There were five, one bomber, five. four gunmen. Yeah. So one guy drew the short stick, blew himself up outside of the, outside of a cafe, uh, killing many people. And your first thing is you jump up out of bed. Did, were your windows broken at this time? Did the blast no, break? The windows, so, I was on the third floor and my windows held. Which was interesting too, because you said it's an English count. So it's actually fourth floor if you're in America. So you were too high to jump out of a window to escape. Yes. And that whole bed sheet rope thing doesn't really work. Considered that too. I mean, it's also, you stop considering jumping out the window when the gunshots are coming from all around you, right? You're jumping right into gunfire. Exactly. Yeah. So you, your instinct was what happened run to the window and yeah it's it's funny all of the things you look back on and feel differently about but I I had no training right I had no instinct I had no I I literally just thought I had better figure out what happened right I, I I just it was pure I mean I just ran for the window wondering what is going on um and I I wrenched the curtains open and I looked down and I tried really hard to I think deny what I was seeing it was like it just wouldn't process um but you could see um remnants pieces of the of the suicide bomber and um blood spatter and smoke and it was yeah a scene of absolute devastation it was like a like a nightmare so so disbelievable you were thinking like are they filming a movie down there right yeah I, I literally, yes. It, it was can't the process the brain, horror. Yeah, it was the only thing my brain could compare it to. I, my, my brain kept saying, you know, this must be some sort of set because that's the only way I've ever seen anything that looks this horrific. Yeah, yeah. Evil, evil exists, folks. So yeah. at that point then, you shut your windows or shut your curtains, right? Yeah. And... This is the beginning of a siege on the building that lasted yeah. for you 17 hours? Yeah, I was in there 17 hours and it, it actually did go on after that, um, closer to 20 hours. But um, I closed my curtains because I saw men with AK-47s. You actually saw, the, saw them? Yeah, I did. And that was the first time my brain thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't be standing here with the curtains wide open. I think I was still trying to process that I was in a violent crime, you, you know, you, you don't think of yourself as a target naturally. So it was very strange. Right. I mean, you know, Ohio, Stanford, you know, you don't deal with this, right? This is, this is something that's on a whole different level in the world and, and being blessed as an American for the most part, exactly. we don't even have an idea that stuff goes on. Exactly. And this was not and the first 
I can't imagine living like that all the time. It was un, unbearably ter- terrifying. I, I wish I had a better word. So now the siege begins. And, and folks, you can get this from Terrorist Attack Girl. Terrorist Attack Girl is her book. She's written it. Buy the book, get the whole story. We're just going to give you a couple of highlights on this. Lowlights for May Lee, but highlights for this interview. Um, you weren't traveling with anybody else, right? From Google? No, I, no one else from Google. Um, there were some folks that were from a third-party research agency who very thankfully did make it to the interviews on time. So they were not in the hotel during the attack, thank goodness. So you were literally there alone, third world country, terrorists down below, stuck on a fourth floor, three o'clock in the afternoon, um, with gun- and you heard gunshots continually, right? Gunshots, explosions. Um, I remember the car alarms. They, they blew up some cars along the way, and then the fire alarms started in the building. So it was just a, a never-ending... Pandemonium of noise. Yeah, pandemonium. Unbelievable. Um, and again, these guys are armed with AK-47s and grenades. They had tons of grenades, from my understanding. Yes. And that's, that was, those are those other explosions going off. They were tossing grenades everywhere. Um, in our next segment, we'll talk about how some of them um, were corrected for their behavior. But we want to talk right now about what, what were you thinking alone as the sun's going down in your hotel room, if you, if you can? Yeah. Uh, um... I was, I was thinking, I genuinely remember thinking that I was glad that I was alone. There is a type of fear that you just can't wish on your loved ones, right? Sure, people always think it would be nice to have someone with you to be comforted, but I couldn't, I think I would have broken just thinking about what I was going through happening to someone else that I know or love. So I was glad to be alone. And I just thought it was hopeless anyway, right? I didn't need comfort there was nothing that anyone could do. I, I knew that I was going to die. I accepted that I was going to die. Um, and I just, it, it literally, it, I was just waiting. I was just waiting. And I remember just hoping over and over and over and over. I hope it's quick. I hope I die quickly. I hope I die quickly. This is, being a young lady with, with Islamic terrorists, you know, that the, the bad things are, are, more likely to happen than not, right? If you were taken alive. Yeah. So you even had a plan for that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I did. Uh, uh, yeah. I remember thinking that is something I can't let happen. Like I can't let this go on for years. I can't let my family wonder about me. I'm not going to be in some video being beheaded. Like if I'm going to die, I'm going to die right here on this bathroom floor. Um, and I guess I didn't feel like if, when I die, I'm going to die right here on this bathroom floor. And so I had a, I think this is what you were alluding to. I had a glass water bottle that I shattered actually on accident. I knocked it over, um, which was terrifying because I was trying so hard to be silent. And in that moment, I looked down at these shattered pieces of, of glass and I thought, that's a weapon. It's a weapon that I I didn't have anything. It's so hard to explain what it's like to feel that powerless. You're literally sitting on a bathroom floor waiting to be executed. Wow. Folks, I want to, I want to take a break right here. I'm sorry. It's just the way the timing worked out on that. We're going to come right back here with Maylee Chapman and uh, terrorist attack girl is her book. Uh, 
powerful things that she's gone through and she wants to help other people in PTSD situations. So folks, we'll be right back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. New company, same Ed Hoffman. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. Hi folks, Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. AM590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Spartans! Lay down your weapons! Well, folks, welcome back to the show here. This is Philip Naiman with Maylee Chapman. We're talking about a terrorist attack she lived through, and, and her book is Terrorist Attack Girl. You can get it at MayleeChapman.com, M-E-Y-L-I-C-H-A-P-I-N.com. She actually does speaking engagements, PTSD, support for other people, stress workshops, and... <clears throat> Well, this is this is something that, as we just talked about offline here, this is something that's not easy to talk about for her, even three years down the road. Uh, she was alone. Terrorist attack happened in her bathroom, thinking that it's just, it's going to happen. She's going to pass away or be murdered, I should say. Uh, and she has to deal with this. Now, she's here on this show because God intervened and that didn't happen. So you were in contact, I think, with Google and the U.S. Embassy by phone at this time? Yeah, yes, I was. And I, I just want to say it is hard to talk about, but I feel so lucky to, to get to talk about it. And to because I find that every time I share my story, someone hears it and reaches out and says, I know what that feels like. And I I find so much um, community that way. It makes me feel so much less alone. And I hope other people feel that too. So I always feel really honored to get to share my story. So thanks for having me. Um, 
he, yeah, yes, I was in touch with them. Um, and they were kind of keeping me updated, but, uh, it also was, it was an ever evolving situation, right? Constantly changing. And, and so the information that I was getting changed a lot. So they'd say, you know, people are at your door to save you go un unbarricade your door, open it up. They should be there. Are they knocking? Um, and that would happen roughly every hour for 17 hours. So, um, it was tough to, to keep thinking, you know, it's over, it's over. And then hear more gunshots and no one's at the door. Uh, so this happened, started at three o'clock in the afternoon, three, three thirty in the afternoon, 17 hours later, if I can do my math right, it comes to about eight 30 in the morning before it was all done. So the majority of your time was in total darkness. Yeah, total darkness. And I think that's hard for people to comprehend as well, because um, we couldn't turn any lights on, right? You didn't want to show that anyone was inhabiting the room that you were in. So my lights were off. I was trying to cover the light that comes from my cell phone. Um, so With the bathroom true, door shut, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So true darkness that way, yeah. Yeah, that, that's terrifying. Um, on the ground, you know, this, this, this segment, our third segment, we always start with Leonidas talking about the Persians, you know. Persians are yelling, lay down your weapons. Leonidas says, Persians, come and get them, right? Well, by the grace of God, somebody did that. And what I mean is there was a gentleman, I'm calling him a gentleman, a warrior, a warrior gentleman. His name was um, Christian Craighead. He happened to be with the SAS, the 22nd Regiment of the SAS. He happened to be in Kenya training the locals at that time. This siege went on for 17 hours. Uh, the locals, my understanding is they pretty much stayed on the outside and let it happen. Kind of like that Coward or Broward County uh, school situation where all the cops stayed on the outside, right? They weren't, they weren't running to face anything. This guy, Christian Craighead, gets a phone call, um, is alerted to the situation, happens to have his kit in the trunk of his car. What a blessing. Um, puts on a baklava, his plate carriers, his Glock and his M4, and goes in, in his words, and, you know, he's written a book, hopefully it'll be released soon. Um, he just, he was alone, or he went in alone because there was nobody else. Uh, he did it because that's what he does. And he, he went in and was pulling people out. Now he's at, he's at a big danger there for friendly fire, because again, you got these Kenyan people on the outside. They don't know who's who. Um, probably they knew that if there's a white guy pulling people out, he wasn't that bad, but you don't know. You don't know. He was at risk of friendly fire. He's at, at risk of, of the terrorists, but hundreds of people he was able to evacuate. You know, it's almost like the situation we saw in Afghanistan where, you know, Tim, uh, Chad Robichaud and Tim Kennedy and their crew brought 17,000 people out when the U.S. State Department was, who knows what they were doing, but it wasn't right. But this man went in, risked his own life, uh, and, and he's got his own story, but you were able to meet him later, I think a year later or so. Can you just tell us about that, what you spoke about with him and what he said? Yeah, um, it, it was really extraordinary. I, um, I, I had a really hard time staying in hotels after this event, um, but I met him a year later in a hotel. So it's like everything came full circle in this one moment. Um, and I had heard about him online sort of the same way that everyone had, right? Um, saw the photos of him and his balaclava and I had become 
quite a fan, <laughs> obviously. Um, but it was strange that there was this man who had risked his life and everything, um, put everything on the line for people he didn't know. And I was one of those people. And so I was really thrilled to get to meet him. But I was also really sort of speechless. Um, I, I couldn't figure out what to say. And so I wrote him this long letter the night before. And I said, I hope that every day of your life from now on, you remember that you didn't just save my life, you saved the life of my brother's sister, my parents' daughter, right? They have those things because of what you did that day. And then you multiply that by 700, right? Because I'm just one of the people that he saved. Seven, so, 700 was the number? It was over 700, yeah. It's usually the figure that they cite. Um, and so, yeah, and, and I just didn't know, I didn't know how to convey that. How do you thank a complete stranger for saving everything that matters to you? Um, but he is, I thought warrior gentleman was a very adequate description. He is um, incredibly humble. He's incredibly kind. And he was almost confused that I was thanking him so profusely. You know, he, he seemed to think of it very much as like um, his duty. I think he says sometimes that his whole life led up to that day. And so it's a beautiful thing. I, I think about the fact that he joined the military the year I was born. And so I feel like we we're on these parallel paths for so long. And then all it all sort of came to a head that day. Um, but yeah, we, we talked about, we talked about both sides of it. We talked about how the event still haunts us both. Um, he's a, he is such an incredible warrior that I think he feels like he could have done even better. I don't know how that's possible. And, and then we talked about, um, I don't know, our, I certainly talked about how, standing between good and evil that day, you can't only walk away thinking about evil. You really walk away thinking about the goodness in people too and, and that he gave that to me and that I think that's why I've been able to deal with it as well <laughs> overall, at, at times not so well, but overall I, I've dealt with it. Um, and I think that's because it wasn't just a, a dark day. He, he made it so that it was also something really beautiful. Very, very important. You know, um, one of the other things you had mentioned, maybe we can bring it up now, is you were escorted out of the building, right, by, was it Marines from the U.S. Embassy, or? That's my understanding, more or less. I, they only said Embassy. I'm not exactly sure what their titles were. Yeah, so maybe some three-letter State Department employees or, uh, or U.S. Marines. But so at the end of your 17 hours, right, there's a knock at the door. And it's kind of funny the way this, <laughs> the, the verbiage. So tell us yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, I, it's so funny, right? Because whenever I talk about this experience, I spend this time reliving this dread and this terror. But as soon as we get to this part of the story, like this is the happiest moment of my life. So it's, it's fun to put myself back in that moment. So yeah, there was a knock at my door. There's this really calm voice, American accent. Um, saying my name, you know, hey, Maylee. It's like like nothing was happening. And he pronounced it correctly. <laughs> he, he did. He did. Um, hey, Maylee, we're at the door. You know, can you can you come open the door? Are you okay? Can you hear us? And uh, and I went sort of running for the door, and I was still on the phone with Google security, and they said, "Hang on, you know, you have to verify these people's identity. You don't want to just throw your door open." Um, and so I was like, "Ah, oh, okay. Um, can you tell me who you're with?" was my question through the door. And uh, and I think one of them, just without thinking about it, said, uh, just 
off the cuff back to the door he said uh don't worry about it kind of harshly that way and it was funny because i was truly reaching for the doorknob and he said that and i kind of pulled my hand back and then i don't i just i knew it was fine i realized now i recognized one of the voices on the other side of the door he'd been the, the man who was in contact with me for a long time um every few hours keeping me updated from inside of the hotel so he said through the door we're really sorry about that maylee um or from the u.s embassy and he so smacked he smacked his buddy Come that's on. what it sounded like yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh you know so and then they escorted you out right and we're going to talk in our last segment here about the healing process for, from all of this and, and what you're doing now folks philip Naiman, firing line radio show uh hope you're having a great day out here we're, we're pleased to spend it with may lee and uh finish this story here we'll be right back after this Hi folks, Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. Springtime is just around the corner. Soon, it'll be time to get back outdoors and soak up a little sun. And we need it. So why not enjoy the outdoors with the things you love in the field or the range, in the lake, or even in the stream? It's a great time now to get stocked up with the gear you need. Turner's Outdoorsman is California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, and it even has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and member specials sent directly to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman's, savings you deserve on the gear you need. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Yes! Great hunter. Yes? Yes. Fine figure of a man, yes? Yes? Yes. That is all you need to know for now. Wanted to see your reaction on that uh, on that intro there. Folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show, here with May Lee. Um, and we're talking about what's going on here or what went on, right? In 2019, she was a victim of a terrorist attack. I think you might be on mute there, mainly. She was a victim of a terrorist attack. She um, survived, right? In the meantime, there was an SAS soldier came in, um, took out a couple of terrorists, saved over 700 people. The embassy squad got there, got her out of this building. While she was in the building, you know, night came and lasted way too long. Her windows were shot out. There's just grenades and terror happening all over the place. Um, and now she's 
at the embassy getting debriefed and, uh, you know, fly home and have a latte and no big deal, right? What happens after all this? So tell us how to put your life back together after something like this. You know, I think that's it's such an apt question because I didn't even realize that I would need to ask myself that question. I, I really, I mean, you joke about going home and getting a latte. I was in the embassy sending emails to my coworkers. Hey, I might be out for a day or two um, to make sure these projects have coverage. Uh, and so it was, it was sort of that shock. I thought, I thought that would be it. I thought I'd get on a plane and go home and have a latte and go back to work. Um, but I found that I was really struggling. Um, I was having these really vivid nightmares, really vivid flashbacks. I started having panic attacks for the first time in my life. Um, and I came to the conclusion of what you just said, that I was going to have to figure out a way to put my life back together after everything that I had known had changed, right? I, I didn't feel inherently safe. I didn't feel like I understood humanity in some ways. I didn't know what my priorities were in light of that event. Um, Did it, so you know, so you're, you're a victim of Islamic terrorism. Had, had anything like that ever crossed your mind before? I mean, no. you, were, you were very young when 2000, uh, you know, when 9-11 happened. So you yeah. were, what, eight or something like that? Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, that, that's not really something that affects you as an adult. So you've never seen anything like this before. And then now you look around and you see it everywhere, right? Unfortunately, yeah. I think that, and I do want to take, you said 9-11 specifically. I do want to take a second and say that we did lose an American in the Deuce of D2 that day, who was a 9-11 survivor, Jason Spindler. So, um, and he was killed by the suicide him. bomber. Yes, he was. And I always try to remember and honor him. I, yeah, it was so close to being all of us. That's the difference Christian Craig had made was luckily some of us were able to, to walk out. Um, so, um, yes, I, 9-11, I was very young. I think that the whole thing is summed up in this idea of taking things for granted. I think I took my safety for granted. I think I took the people who make me safe on a daily basis for granted. And I think about that every day. I think about why I can stay in hotels in the US and feel safe, right? And who's putting what on the line for that, right? There are people every day putting their lives on the line to protect my freedom. People I don't know who will walk into a hotel to save my life on the other side of the, of the planet. And so I think it from really another came country. Yes, exactly. And I think it really came down to that. I, I took my safety and my freedom for granted and, and I will never make that mistake again. I hope. So at this point, I mean, those are great points. You decided, Hey, I've, I've been through this. I'm, I'm okay. I'm coming to this point, but there's others who aren't. What are you doing to help them? Yeah, I was lucky. I, I feel like I didn't know what to do, but I had people around me who knew what to do and got me the right resources and and, um, and treatment. And so I, yeah, I, I became very stuck on the fact that so many people didn't have that, right? Um, so I, I built an app, it's called Trauma Brace, and it has evidence-based protocols that help people who are struggling in the aftermath of a trauma. Can you say, um, say, say, say that again? Trauma Brace is an app. And it is. Yeah. It helps people who are struggling after a traumatic event work through evidence-based pieces of homework to help them process the trauma. 
So help me, what is evidence-based pieces of homework? It just means that everything that you'll be shown in the app has decades of evidence, clinical evidence to support its efficacy. So it's not experimental, we aren't making anything up. It's literally the same protocol that is followed in therapy on a daily basis. So, you know, we've had Mike Glover on, he's involved with Warriors Heart Healing. There are several groups out there that are dealing with PTSD. Obviously, soldiers have had had many issues with this because, you know, you go up from Ohio, right? You were the somebody from the football team joins the Marines and, and they go see the suicide bombers in Afghanistan and all this other stuff. They, they're dealing with the same things. And so PTSD has been a real a real issue because just like they said before, we, we didn't, um, we didn't welcome back the Vietnam vets correctly. Now, okay. That was before my time. I'm not that old, but at the same thing, there's still, there's still a section of people who have been in this war against Islamic terrorism. Um, and, and they're still fighting all that because the evil was so pronounced. It's something that is, it's on a different level from where we work. So our society works together because we all follow the same, for the most part, all of us follow the same rules. Um, they have a whole different base where if you follow those rules, you're just supposed to be a victim, you know, and then it's so hard to get an idea for that. So to see that evil and then to help other people, I think is important. Um, you're actually doing stress workshops, right? So how does somebody, yeah. and, and you're speaking engagements, tell us about that. Yeah, I think um, my favorite speaking engagements that I get to do are with law enforcement and military personnel. Um, and, and Southern California radio shows. And other than Southern California radio shows. Oh, yes. yes. Um, Just because it's so personally meaningful to me, right? I get to thank them for what they do and remind them why they do what they do. And and they're often experiencing PTSD or post-traumatic stress in some manner as well. And so getting to talk to them about that is really meaningful. Um, And then we do stress workshops because I think that stress is a spectrum and it can range all the way up to PTSD or PTS. But um, it, it starts smaller and, and more locally and acutely than that. And so, um, trying to help people manage the physiological fallout of all kinds of stress has really become sort of my, my passion, I think. Well, it's definitely a calling. I mean, you have the intellectual side to delve into that and then the real life and then your speaking abilities are obviously quite on point, but, um, stress, as you say, it's a spectrum, but all those spectrums affect your health. Exactly. Your, your cortisol levels and, you know, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that's, that, that is the best summary I think I could ever have someone say. Um, that's exactly right. You know, when I look back at my life, I realized that even at Bain, even at Google, when I wasn't sleeping, wasn't exercising, wasn't caring for my mental health, um, I was already experiencing some of the effects of stress physiologically, as you just said. Um, I wasn't sleeping well. And then if you magnify that times 100, that's sort of what PTSD felt like. Um, but that's, that's exactly the point is we can help people manage wherever they are on the spectrum to back it down a little bit, to increase overall health. And I think that's a really beautiful thing that gets overlooked all the time. So I'm asking one more question. Well, if I have time, I might ask two more questions, but you found yourself at a point feeling helpless, evil outside the door, helpless. Have you done anything, training protocols for yourself where you're saying, I'm no longer going to be on the victim side of this equation? Oh, yeah. I love that question. Yes. I think I never want to feel that again. There is a a 
yeah, there is a powerlessness in that helplessness that was just as much a Crushing. part of what traumatized me that day as the evil, right? The fact that I could not do anything for myself was horrific. Um, and so, yeah, I, I took a lot of self-defense classes afterward. Um, I learned all about firearms for the first time in my life, something that I had never really thought I would have an interest in. Um, I used to, ironically, I used to say I'd never have a firearm in my home, which I think was a bit of a naive uh, <laughs> take. And, and it was, it was really empowering, I think, to learn all about firearms, how to handle them, how to clean them, how to be incredibly safe and aware of, of the power that they present and, and feel like I could wield them to protect myself if need be. I, I really stand by that. It's been, yeah, empowering, I think is really the word. I think you actually even have a Zev Christian Craighead model. Is that correct? <laughs> I may or may not be in possession of one of those. It's a pretty fantastic firearm. I have certainly fired one and it's, uh, yeah, it's like nothing else I've ever shot. So folks, you know, I want to thank my guest, May Lee Chapin, M-E-Y-L-I-C-H-A-P-I-N.com is how you get a hold of her, hire her for your next corporate event, you know. This is a great thing to do. Get her book, Terrorist Attack Girl. You know, we're, we're trying to support her. She's obviously, you know, Second Amendment supporter here. Um, and, and you just heard about that. Training empowers yourself for safety. And so I wanna, I'm glad you're here on the show. I want to thank you for your time. God bless you. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, IndustryGreetings.com, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. I'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor to the show, Sean Gibbs of Ask Defensive Training Company. They're in Redlands, California. They also sell guns and ammo. But the most important thing that they have for you here today is their training courses. Ask, kind of an interesting name. Why would you call it that for guns and ammo? Well, Ask stands for Attitude, Skills, and Knowledge. And that's what they focus on at Ask Defensive Training. Sean has basic courses for a first-time gun buyer. If you're not familiar with your firearm, you want to be able to use it safely, perfect place for that. He has also additional courses for defensive handgun, advanced handgun, and even learning how to shoot a firearm in low light situations. Bring your mag light. So folks, check them out at askdefensive.com, A-S-K defensive.com for a schedule of classes. He's got a great store in there too. So buy what you want, train what you want, askdefensive.com. Traditional investment strategies may not be as reliable as you think. Hi, folks. This is Philip Naiman, host of AM590's Firing Line Radio Show, heard Saturdays at 1 o'clock, and the founder of Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Our world is changing dramatically, and your investment strategy should be changing too. Now's the time to get a second opinion. Our mission at Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management is to help you on the path to pursue your financial goals while addressing risk. Our approach to financial planning is based on the biblical principles of stewardship. 
We'll guide you every step of the way, removing the mystery of retirement planning. So call us today for a free consultation at 909-406-1144. That's 909-406-1144 or online at cornerstonecwm.com. Our second opinion service will test your current strategy against market risks to identify any weak points. So don't wait. Call today, 909-406-1144. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. AM 590, the answer.